Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we will be discussing the 12th episode of Andor Season 1 with a special guest, along with the recap of the series. But before that, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at taika.ytd, on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd, and on Hive at valancelover69. Um, my brainworm of the week is Valance's This Isn't You era, as brought to you by Revelations number one from this week. It, it just, it really is disastrous for the Bounty Hunters crew. Look at me, Valance. Look at me. <laughs> this isn't you. No, because that's oh, literally, that's literally, literally what, what happens. <laughs> um well we'll get into this a little more when we get to revelations but i don't think valance is dying in 31 anymore which is excellent news for me personally Mm -hmm. um the uh, consequences may be bad (laughs) (laughs) although i will say we are probably getting um sexy skull valance and coveralls back so that that's a thumbs up for me we win we win no we win some we lose some imperial balance <laughs> no more homophobic balance i've been making that joke since <laughs> since fucking the day 17 came out that that haircut that the empire gave him is homophobic mm-hmm. it is <sighs> anyways live why don't you introduce yourself all right hi i'm live i use she her pronouns you can find me on Pretty much everything at Olivia Amidala except for Hive, where I am Kira. So true. And I win. I win Hive. <laughs> I said that yesterday, I'll say it again every single time. Anyways, my brainworm of the week is um, that one, the one spread in Revelations where there's like 15 <laughs> different things happening. Yeah. But most importantly, actually, there's two most importantly's. The, the one little picture of Kira standing over Emperor Palpatine's dead body. <laughs> Hashtag decanonized <laughs> Return of the Jedi. And secondly, the the one picture of Domina and Aphra making out. That With shit no other context given. That was out the fuck of pocket. Okay. That was fantastic. They did that for me. Both yeah. of those little little vignettes were done specifically for me. So true. So, anyways, Em, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Emily. You can find me on TikTok at Stardust M and on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Stardust M. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. And my brainworm of the week is getting a hug from Brazo. I need it so desperately. Yeah. So I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> He just looks so warm. If he if he hugged me, I think all of my mental illnesses would go away. So That's exactly true. what I think. <laughs> like, he just he feels like it's like he's literally the human equivalent of a weighted blanket. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're so correct. Yeah. Or like one of those, you know the the stuffies from Disney that are weighted. Yes. Yeah, yeah like the pool. Yeah. And you know that he would smell good too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I can't wait to talk about Brazo. <laughs> uh, special and returning guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? 
I do, I do. Uh, I'm Savia. I go by she, her pronouns. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Andorisms, News Andor. And we started a pod last time I was here. Uh, we, we, the stand Twitter to Star Wars podcast pipeline. <laughs> so true. <laughs> uh, you can find that pod with my best friend Lynn, Stardust Records, but the records does not have the O in it because the <laughs> username was too long. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Andorisms, and you can find me on the Hive at Jin Urso, which I also feel like I won. You did. <laughs> broke you did. One we are them together. <laughs> we are. I was so excited. Cassie and Andor was taken, so I was like, no. I have to type in this soulmate, and it was it was available, but um. My brain worm, brain worm of the week is also the same as Emily's. It's a, it's a Brasso hug. <laughs> uh, yes. I would do anything to be in that man's arms. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like how everyone reaction was like, oh, I would love to get a hug from Brazo. And then there was this like <laughs> secondary reaction. I saw several people being like, well, she has oh, entered sure. the ham dimension. <laughs> the what dimension the ham dimension <laughs> so you were saying i love how and then you oh, started Brazo. talking about brazo yeah oh I, was, I said i love how everyone's reaction to brazo was initially i want him to give me a hug <laughs> and then there was like the subsect of so where are the brazo x reader fix <laughs> i know someone on this podcast <laughs> asked for them listen i, I agree I'm waiting. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think we're just gonna get straight into the episode this week. Uh, so overall thoughts on the Andor finale, bro? I cried. Yes. I did Fantastic. too. I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. Like the finale itself set it apart from the other live action projects in that it was. It was narratively fulfilling and not just like, whoa, shit mm-hmm. happens. Like, of course shit happens, but that has a purpose to happening and not yeah. just like Luke deus ex machinaing out Mando and fucking baby Yoda. Anyways, a little bit of season of Mando season two slander. But anyway. Um, okay, this is a safe, a safe space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are... Um, Como se dice, critical of Favreau and Filoni on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was, I, this is probably, Andor itself is probably some of the most like poignant Star Wars commentary we've gotten, but this episode especially blew, blew it out of the water. Like, I, I can't even, you know, we'll, we'll get into it later, but it, it was to say the very least very good yeah I I have to agree I also think Tony said this where he said that if he were to have ended it and not have done a season two it would have been the perfect place to end it Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. would have like just led into Rogue One just fine and like left the rest up to our imagination but what was amazing about it is that like all of the storylines came together and like closed the mm-hmm. I guess like singed off the the ending to all of them so like we know where Dedra and Cyril are we know where Bix and Brasso and Jezzy and and 
we might not know where Cassian is, but we know where he ends up. So mm-hmm. I, I just and he's he's finally become that man that we see in Rogue One. Yeah, the very mm-hmm. the very beginnings of that personality, but it, it's there and it's so good. And I am so content with how they ended this season. I have other thoughts about like everything else individually, but with how I they agree. ended it, I was very very satisfied. I thought it was a great ending. Yeah, and I definitely thought like. I have such a hard time with like um, the Marvel and even some of Star Wars shows that end up just kind of ending in like a big action scene and it mm-hmm. doesn't maybe feel like we fully flesh everything out and I tend to get maybe a little bored. So I'm like, oh, it's just like kind of the same. I didn't feel this way and I think part of it was because like it definitely like, especially because like I, when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, the first half of the episode is completely build up. It is just really like, you know, Cassian coming back to Ferrix and, uh, you know, all the buildup for Marva's funeral, like, especially that scene, the tension just keeps building. Um, and then you have the action and it really feels like it was a big payoff for it, that you really spent all this time waiting for it. And I, I loved it. And I think too, part of it was I did really love how, you know, grounded it felt um mm-hmm. you know it was really it was just like the the people rising up and using anything they could to to strike back against this huge power and it was amazing um and I loved seeing the people fairings and it really made those first three episodes where like you were spending so much time getting to know everyone like you're like oh this is this is why we did that like because we we needed to know the community of Ferrix to really feel this mm-hmm. uprising and it was perfect agreed uh Liv I thought it was fantastic um I think I've said it before like when when we were talking about the prison arc I'm a big fan of just like normal people banding together to rise against the oppressors so this was like <laughs> ah, this is fantastic and <laughs> when when Brasso literally <laughs> smacked a fascist in the head so with a oh. peak star wars content <sighs> Brasso I'm free on Thursday <laughs> if you want to hang out <laughs> so true <laughs> so true also the um the i don't know what his name was but like the guy who was banging the anvil in the tower when so he true. literally kicked the stormtrooper <laughs> out of the tower that is a peak that was iconic moment right there yeah <laughs> i also thought it was, was so, so funny because that sort that stormtrooper had to walk up so many stairs to get there <laughs> and then like he's up there for a second before he just gets shoved off <laughs> somebody posted a screenshot <laughs> sorry um somebody no. posted a screenshot of that and they just caught co- the comment was just this is ferrix <laughs> from 300 <laughs> that man did not hesitate for a moment no he knew he what he was to on ferrix's side <laughs> <laughs> he's just like i no one's gonna stop me from paying my drum to this <laughs> to this uprising so true <laughs> He serves oh. God. <laughs> exactly. He put his entire <laughs> belly into that kick. 
Miss Enzalezzi. The director said, take five. <laughs> and here. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, so with that, we'll get into kind of the individual characters this episode, and we'll start uh, with the title character, of course, Cassian. I can go. Yeah, I'm going to leave this to you, too. <laughs> um, I I thought that, we love to say this on our pod, but uh, it was a really poignant way to kind of tie, I'm going to say tie his story together with bring it back to Ferrix because we we see him on Ferrix in episode one through three and then we see it in episode seven but it's very intense like he's having arguments with people he's saying stuff he doesn't mean vice versa it's 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 not the way that I think he wanted to close ties with Ferrix and the people like his family mm-hmm. and then he knows that and he promised Marva that he would come back and so he does come back, but Marva's not there. She's passed away. And what I absolutely love is that Cassian, no matter what happens in his life, whether it's it's good or bad, he always comes back to home base. And I, I love that about him is that Ferrix is, Ferrix and the people on Ferrix are his sanctuary. Like his, it's not his birth home, but it is the home that he's made. He goes to his dad first because he can't go to his mom. And I thought that that was such a beautiful scene that we get to see his father's um, brick. Mm-hmm. And then he, he goes to Bix. And I just love that he is the type of person to just always go to family. Like how we see in Rogue One when Scarif is, is you know, ha- has become an idea in everybody's head and they want to go fight he literally goes to his rebel family and friends and I just think that Cassian is such like a family man and he's I I used to think that his love language was different but now I really think that it's physical touch I he gave he got so many hugs this episode and they're so beautiful and he has this beautiful relationship with Brasso and with Pegla that we see and it's just so beautiful to see that the man in Rogue One is not at all who we really thought he was. We, we've we like rewinded in his life and we've seen these people that have made him into the man that he is, that we do see in Rogue One. And I just love that it has so many instances where like you can see him kind of like coming out of that shell that he's kind of maybe he's not created for himself but like his environment has um like with canari and and with the migration to ferrix it's kind of against his will and he just has all of these thoughts and these these feelings towards it but like the people of ferrix are what make ferrix it home to cassian so mm-hmm. i just i love that about cass is that he always comes home and it makes this the line "Welcome home" and Rogue One so much more beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, those are my <laughs> overall thoughts. I'd love to hear yours. Yeah, I think 
I think exactly what you're saying like uh the one like we've talked about it on this podcast several times but like it's so clear that like the main way that Cassian resists the empire is like through his belief in community and like you're saying family like this refusal to be disconnected from the people around him and this refusal to just not care about others um and I I love that I love how apparent that was in him choosing to rescue Bix like this he he just knew that's what he had to do because she's family she is his community and she needed him and he went to her and I think that was really really beautiful and yeah I love that like even you can say like see even when like so many of those people were you know mad or frustrated with Cassian, Pegla, Bix, Brazo but when it came down to that, when he needed them to support him and to be there for him and his mother's death, like they were there. Um, and I think that's really, really uh, beautiful. And um, I also think just like, it is this like beautiful goodbye for uh, for Ferrix, for him, for Ferrix, like, you know, saving the uh, the person he loves being able to also help like other people that he he loves escape like B2 and Brazo. Um, and and then also, you know, I think like this whole episode, you can tell he just has this resolve that he's like, you know, the old Cassian, like he's outgrown his kind of younger self. And like, this is the, the Cassian that is gonna join the rebellion. And I, that line, you can either kill me or you can take me in. It was just, it was so perfect. It was everything. Like I, I love that. And just like the confidence on his face, like so good, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I just, I love that. And like what you're saying, I loved how he went and visited Clemstone. And I really love how um, we never see, it is always like when the Clem memories, it is very like from, Cassian's own POV like in the Canari flashbacks we see him but with Clem it's always through his POV we never really see his character's mm -hmm. face um and I really love that I, I think and it, it it feels so much like he is going back to those memories like he is kind of stuck in the past <clears throat> a little bit with his father um yeah but I thought that was beautiful and I'm so glad they brought Clem back even just to kind of show that final moment of like even them doing kind of something mund mundane but like you know it has like the bigger meaning um I love that I felt like it was so nice to kind of feel like Cassie and in that way got to say goodbye to both of his parents um on Ferrix from that and like I just thought that was that was so sweet and nice and I just yeah I loved it I is everything um and I, yeah, like, I, I feel like it was the, like, if, if this was, like, if we were only getting one season, it would have been the perfect setup to, like, yeah, this is the Cassian who joined the Rebellion, but I am glad that we get to see more of him and really get to see him, like, transform into, like, this, like, especially, like, the rebel spy aspect of it. Um, I'm, I'm so excited, and I feel like they've set up so much of that, like, so well from, like, you know, him being able, like, once again, we see this, like, sneaking in to the empire's home acting like he belongs uh and then like all of his observations uh throughout the series I yeah I 
I don't think I could have asked for like a better story arc for Cassian this season and a better conclusion it feels very nice as like a, a person who's who's loved him for so long to like see this well, I love that quote that Clem says to Cassian because it's kind of like the quote for Cassian where he says a man who sees all is more blessed than cursed yes and it oh it was so good I was like this the moment I watched it, I was like, that's Cassian <laughs> with like throughout the entire series, like season, we see Cassian's observational skills and like we even see it in Rogue One. And I can't wait to see it in season two. But I was like, his father made such an impact on his life. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm so excited to see it like like the rebellion, like realize it and like really finally tune it to be like the rebel spy aspect of it. Um oh god, I'm yeah, I'm so excited. For that but yeah that was really just the perfect quote for him and like so like it's also so like wonderful to see like how much like Clem understood him even at like a young age that like Clem saw that in him and kind of understood that <clears throat> sorry <laughs> also makes you wonder like is part of the reason why Cassian is the way he is because he was trying to kind of live up to what Clem wanted him to be like he's trying to emulate the things that Clem taught him mm -hmm. this is sweet I think I and personally I I've said it before Cassian was never one of my favorite characters but like I, I didn't hate him or anything he was just like <laughs> there's Cassian um but this show like I don't know he's so he's great he's amazing he's such a fully developed character now like of course he mm -hmm. wasn't in Rogue One but like the little nuances that this show gave to him just made him so much better so much better mm -hmm. it's really made me look at him differently and look at the changes he makes in Rogue One differently and yeah. I, I feel like that was definitely I feel like that was definitely the intention because Rogue One is about an event rather than all of these characters like we kind of meet these characters that have already been quote-unquote established in their lives and then making the Cassian series wow it hasn't been called that in a while <laughs> Cassian Andor series making Andor uh was the reason like to dig deeper into this character that should be fleshed out and I love that you guys think that way like he was just like a character and then now to you guys he's like amazing and deep and I think I hope that everybody feels that way about Cassian I think that he deserves to have that type of like attention in, in my opinion mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's so cool the potential of like something this Andor being their first project and then like them really getting that before they watch Rogue One. I think mm -hmm. that's so cool. Uh, also, like with the added backstory now, like you realize, like you know, before it was like Cassian is on Scarif because like he just kind of generally believes in the rebel cause, which is still the truth because he doesn't know that he helped build the Death Star essentially, but knowing that he did it gives you that extra like punch in the gut especially because like the rest of the Rogue One crew they are there for like a very personal reason like Jin it's like her father 
built that he built the flaw uh phase and cheer it and even Bodhi because he was from Jeddah like they watched their planet be stripped and then destroyed by the Death Star Bodhi uh helped contribute to it by you know taking uh kyber crystals and being a pilot for that project um so it's kind of cool to like see that like you know yes that like Cassie's motivation still stands of like he is there because he believes that this is how he gives the rebellion the best chance but also knowing that like he and Melshi too have that personal thing of like they are helping to destroy what they were forced to build um and I think that's that's a cool little addition <laughs> it's sad but it's cool Tony Gilroy I'm in your walls <laughs> Well, Your what's, brain? Oh, go what, ahead. Sorry, what's definitely just even more upsetting about that scene is that it, if you think about it, it took, I think it was eight floors, eight floors of an entire prison, 50 men, right? It was 50 men in each room. And yeah. they, they were building screws. They were not building like big, like, panels of the Death Star like they were building the screw that's like if the four of us were in a prison building like little tiny screws that we use to hang up pictures I I think that that was such like a a punch in the gut and the yes. fact that it was like the ray part of the Death Star yeah oh, I was I like, am in your oh. walls <laughs> I I genuinely hope that Cassian never ever ever finds out that he helped I I hope mm -hmm. that that's nothing that he ever figures out he's a really smart guy but I <laughs> he doesn't deserve that type of information <laughs> no he does not that's it oh god yeah it's so the fuck <laughs> I was like, and I knew, I was like, there's no way. People were like, I think it's like TIE Fighter Price. I was like, there's no, no way that no. Tony is just having them build some random there shit. There has symbolism. Like, yeah, yeah. like they, they're not. And I was like, and also I think that opens up the door. Like a lot of people have talked about like maybe Critic being in season two. That opens up the door for him to stick in an amazing scene with Ben Mendelsohn where he is just screaming. Because that's so true. I feel like I'm broken out of that prison. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts on Cassian? Okay, we'll move on to uh, Savi's best girl, Bix. So I'll leave it to <laughs> to you. I I have so many thoughts on Bix. I both good and I won't use the word disappointed, but I'm going to use the word disappointed. <laughs> I I I was so excited for Bix from the start like even when I thought that she would probably be Cassian's sister and then when we found out like that she wasn't and that she was her own own woman I wish that they gave her more I feel like Tony fumbled with Bix and I love Tony and I trust him with my life but the treatment of Bix was so I want to use the word disappointing <laughs> In one through three, the episodes, we get this like woman who is independent and she's like cut off. She's like burned the bridges with, well, he's burned bridges with her. And she's like this business owner and kind of learn off the side that like her parents 
or the owner of that cell yard and, and she's gotten she's like it's busy we can see it like it's a very successful business like when Cassian comes and asks him asks Bix to like bring in the buyer she's got this whole plan set out and we get scenes with her alone where she's like doing her own thing and then we reach farther into the series and every episode after that Bix has made a selfless act and while that's so beautiful and she's such a selfless person and just such a good friend and person it was so disappointing and sad to see where that got her and I wish that she was rescued earlier and I'm not saying all this because she's my favorite character in Andor and and that I love her and that maybe I'm based but (laughs) I think I do have faith I think that in season two she will have a I think that she went through this because of her storyline in season two like I think that they have plans for her so I'm holding holding out and I know that this isn't the end of her story like she didn't go through all of this for nothing and I am really happy that she was rescued and that she ended up with family um I love that she's with Brasso and Jesse and like the people who like genuinely care about her and I think that like not saying that Cassian doesn't care about her I think like what he did proves that how much he cares about her like he put everything aside to go get Bix and who was the first person he went to go visit and Mm. I I I would love to see Bix as somebody in the rebellion but as like a mechanic or somebody that's not on the front lines because their job the the behind the scenes jobs are just as important as the people who fight on the front lines Mm -hmm. and not everybody is a fighter and I think it would be so poignant to see like Brasso and Jesse and and Bix all join the rebels but as people from behind the scenes like not everybody Mm -hmm. needs a blaster to fight the empire and I absolutely I, I am really excited to see where they take her I know that uh, she's she's filming in London right now at the time of this recording. So that's really exciting to know. So, and, you know, Adria loves playing Bix. And I think she wouldn't play Bix if she was uncomfortable by where they were going with her storyline. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I have a lot of faith. Am I sad where they went with her character in this season? Yes, I think that she deserved so much better. Um, but I do trust Tony. Um mm-hmm. So, and she did clear this season. <laughs> Emily Emily knows the fear in my heart that I had. I was like shitting bricks in a group chat every week. I was like, I'm, well, if Bix dies this, this episode, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> but she made it and Brasso made it. So, so true. I was so excited. But yeah, I think that more people should be talking about her treatment. But that being said... Season two isn't out yet. We have no idea what's happening with her character. So I have mm-hmm. faith. Yeah. I think I really oh, go ahead. I, I really hope that the point that they're trying to make with this character is like because I feel like, you know, why watch Bakes go through all this literal torture 
um, not to see her heal. So I really hope the point that they're trying to make is like, cause you know, we haven't seen that in Star Wars. Like we haven't really seen someone who has been tortured really go through that healing. And we've seen it a little with Leia where she talks about some of the like PTSD that she has, but we don't really see that on screen. So I hope that what Bix's story is, is really about her healing. It's about her, you know, coming back to herself and kind of regrounding herself in her community and, and, and learning how you deal with this and you move on from that. And like you said, I would love for her to join the rebellion in some capacity. I don't need her to be on the front lines fighting, but I think like what you're saying, like a mechanic or someone who has like a safe house where like rebels can go to, uh, if they're like on a mission and they need somewhere to, to that, that's safe. Um, like I'd love to see that because I think that that would be really important on like to like how people who have been so deeply affected by the empire can both handle their own personal peace and also still being selfless and helping others um yeah and like I just I think that's so important and I think it's especially important with a character who provides representation for a group that has been so underrepresented in Star Wars to see them be heal and and get I would I would love Bix to have like a kind of happy ending I think we've said this before but like if she at the end of season two has a Kira-like ending where she is still alive and she is still doing stuff and we just don't hear from her what for a while like I'm I would love that because I think that's what she deserves um I, I wouldn't want to see her die and I think it'd also be cool I know we talked about but like her being able to sort of like being one of the people who would be able to like carry on Cassian um with her through the rebellion and I think also like it I always think it'd be really cool to see her live to the resistance and join the resistance and really have that as like you know I'm doing this for myself but also for like the 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 person I lost the family that I lost my like Cassian um I think that would be it's in Rose Tico best friends exactly yeah so true. so true yeah. so true I, I, yes. somebody I can't remember who brought this up I don't want to steal this idea it literally just fleeted my mind and it was so important <laughs> oh um no come back <laughs> it's so important oh no every time I get it it leaves <laughs> oh I brought this up so true <laughs> self-plagiarism my idea um so I said this to Kay so at Jaren Andor on Twitter I said if Bix Brasso Jesse Wilman survive Cassian will never die. Yes. And I love that thought because some uh, who says this in The Boys? Oh, Frenchie says this in The Boys. You die twice, your actual death, where you lose your, you take your last breath, and when the last time somebody says your name. So I think that like Bix, Brasso, Jesse, and Wilman all surviving after Ferrix and passing on what Cassian did and after Scarif like sharing his story like Cassian's legacy will never ever die but what scares me is that in the novelization Cassian can't think of anybody that will miss him 
which is so I, scary. <laughs> I'm hoping that just means that like he lost contact with them. Me that too. like you know I like because we're still like that they don't care about him anymore. Yeah, like because you know Bix has that kind of ominous like Cassie will find us. So I'm thinking like maybe like what if he doesn't because Luthen just keeps sending him on missions and then he gets no, so involved in rebellion. And, like, he doesn't even ever, like, get the time to go find, like, Bix and Brazo and, and V2. Um, but, you know, they are constantly remembering him and, and also, like, remembering, like, you know, Marva and the other people that they lost on Ferrix. And, like, yeah, like, that's, like, through that. And maybe, like, eventually they learn, like, what happened to him and, like, all that he did for the rebellion. And that is something that, like, like, I think especially, like, they'd be like, oh, like, he did us proud basically um I'm hoping that's it yeah like, I'm hoping that's it and, and it's not Cassian Every- is definitely Cassian is definitely the type of guy to like to protect them he would cut himself off completely and it would be a, a selfless <clears throat> act and it, it would be purely out of love and I I love that he loves so much that he would do that I think that that's really 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 poignant (laughs) and it would be to save them and I think that 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 would be beautiful it would be so sad for the audience but I think that it would be more beautiful and yeah I love him for that to know that Cassian part of Cassian's like isolation and like only really trusting him to have like K2 as a friend is part of the way that he tries to protect the people it's not just that he doesn't want the connection it's that he is intentionally cutting off connections because he wants to ensure that the people he loves stay safe even if it hurts him mm-hmm. but then he can have his like one droid friend <laughs> <laughs> uh anything else on fix i just loved how she said i had a dream that you climbed over the wall and he I rescued know. me and i really i love how she I love how she kind of even has that of like Cassian will come back for me. Um, and I also push back on the idea that like I saw some people being like, oh, she's a damsel in distress. I don't think that that's what that was saying. I don't think it was supposed to be, oh, look, Cassian, big, strong man rescuing this woman. I think it's what we've talked about before. It's supposed to be, you know, showing the love between the two of them that like Cassian will come back from Bix and Bix believes that Cassian in her heart, even if it's like subconscious, she believes that Cassian will find her because uh-huh. he she knows that he loves her and she loves him. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's beautiful. And I know that they were like previously romantic and now they're kind of not. But it, speaking like in terms of family, like they're so like they've known each other since they were kids. And it's I wonder just how mm-hmm. many times like they fought and Cassian came back and and I just. I wish that we saw Bix and Cassie in flashbacks like when they were kids, but maybe we have the opportunity to in season two, but it, it it's so beautiful to know that like Bix and now Cassian without any like family or like blood relatives, they know that they at least have each other, which is so pretty <laughs> for lack of a better word. I wonder if like a part of Bix's healing process would be kind of her remembering like the happy times in her life. So like see like remembering like the first time she met Cassian as a kid or like in the shop with her parents like stuff like that maybe like uh, moments with like Brazo or Marva like that'd be really cool to see and like her kind of remembering like fighting the memories of her 
when she was arrested by the empire with moments on Ferrix that brought her a lot of joy. Uh, so with that, we'll move on to Marva and her little speech. Thoughts? Fuck. <laughs> that was so good. That truly is what Star Wars is about. Like, that is truly the essence of Star Wars. It's about banding together with your community, with your family, and fighting back against the powers that oppress you. And that, I think, when I was watching her speech, I think I cried because I knew exactly what was going to happen. And it was going to be Ferrix rallying around her death and how they were being treated, how the her death was being treated by the Empire. Mm-hmm. And there's no one better to do it than Cassian's mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I saw that hologram. Mm-mm. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. The, the fact that somebody was like, I think they were talking about how Tony said he got pushed back from one thing and it wasn't shit. And I don't, and now it's not, it wasn't even the best interrelationship. Somebody said, when she said fight the empire, he wanted her to say fuck the empire. And they just yeah. let him. And I think that actually kind of tracks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Let Barbara say fuck. Lupin <laughs> <laughs> being like, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. But, and I thought it was so cool how they cut to like everyone's reactions to her speech. Um, I just thought it was so good. It was an, it was another such a great moment for for uh, Fiona Shaw. She did such a good job this season, and like really that was did. that was so good. And B two playing it, and like her knowing that like even like she like said like even in death she can help her community and she can inspire them. Is yeah, I love I love that I loved that. Um, and it was so cool to just see like how many people showed up for her um, as like a person in the community. And like, I just think it like, once again, it just like really underlines like how strong Ferrix is that like they will, they'll show up for each other no matter what, like even under the threat of the empire. They said they, there were like no more than 40 people and like hundreds showed up. Mm-hmm. And like well- even that little resistance. What I kept thinking about throughout this, like, after watching the episode again, was that, like, Marva says in Seven, where she was, like, safe in her head or something like that. Um, and then I thought about how I'm I'm sure that Marva, before she died, like, discussed with probably, like, Jesse and Brasso, like, what she wanted. And I, I personally think that she wanted her funeral to be when they fought back against the empire and then I feel like she knew that Cassian would come back and I feel like she also knew the decisions that the empire would make maybe this is reaching but like maybe not the intricate details like when Dedra says like no snipers um and like no like no security by by Zorbies which was like the port where Cassian comes in through because it made it just worked out perfectly and and marva's speech i think that it it was so the fact that 
the inspiration that Cassian passes on originates from his mother mm. is so amazing to know that like he became inspired and everybody in Ferrix became inspired inspired to fight back against the Empire and the fact that none of them had blasters like they used like fists mm. and and their words and, and their bricks. bodies yes and bricks <laughs> I made this tweet where I was like when I die I put my ashes in a brick and have brought some <laughs> That's the only way that's I'll be. The, that's the way to go. <laughs> so true. It was really Marva. I had some mixed feelings with Marva, but I, I, I can admire the, I don't know the word, but like the strength that she had, because the people of Ferrix were probably afraid, and you can sense in that scene that everybody, like, had that awakening moment because of Marva's words. And it was awesome. She's a badass. Yes. Yeah. And she, and it's like so clear that she's been fighting against these powers for like so much of her life. Um, and it's cool. It's like even in death and even like through, you know, not even just like, you know, Cassie and her son, but like they're like the other people that like, it seems like she basically helped raise Bix, Brazo, her friends, Jesse, like that she continues to inspire them to resist. Um, I love, I love that. I love that speech. Um, it's so good. I like me too. <laughs> I don't know if this has anything to do with Cassian's name, but Karasi kind of sounds yeah, her like middle Cassian. Name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't I know, noticed maybe. that. I thought that that was really cool. If that's where he got like his name from mixed with Casa, I think that'd be so sick. Yeah, I thought about that too. I was like, oh, and she said her middle name. Also, she used to have, she said she had a sister. And yeah. I'm wondering like when she died, like if, if that was someone Cassian got to meet or if like she passed away at another point. I don't know. But yeah. I, um, I, sorry, I have one last thought. But, oh, no, go. Oh, Marva says, I always wanted to be lifted. And I thought of, like, Cassian climbing in Rogue One, like, after he fell. And I thought, there's always (laughs) everyone's face. I wish you guys could see everyone's face. Tony Gilroy, I am in your fucking walls. I'm just imagining fucking climbing imagery. And I... Now, like, where did the death I, sentence in the Star Wars yeah, universe? <laughs> imagine Cassian laying on like that, like or whatever the in the tower, and just hearing like Marva, like I want to be lifted, Nemec climb, K two climb, uh, the like one way out chant, like all of that to like no! push him to go up. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> oh my god! Also, like maybe even like Melshi's impact like in the prison when he was like those days are over like everything that thinks that they'll get out is dreaming like I wonder if Cassian was laying on that grate and was like I- I'm in so much pain like I want to give up and then he thought that like he thought of Melshi like going from that to like being on that beach. his life for yes, Cassian on Scarif that's what the post-credit scene of season two is going to be. Cassian laying on that grate with all of those things. Like, oh that would be so good. So good. 
God damn. Um, I would love like a comic or a book of just that, of like a one shot of just him like in his final moments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and or novelization by Alexander Freed. Yeah, I was like, oh, Alexander Freed, go back in. Alexander Freed should like come out with like a revised edition of the Rogue One novelization where like yeah. he includes like stuff from Rebel Rising and Andor and like the mm-hmm. Cheer and Bay's like little stories yeah. and like and Catalyst and like <laughs> just does like little extras. From a certain point of view, Rogue One. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is there how we, we win. <laughs> Uh, next, we have the man of the hour, Brazil. So <laughs> well, I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> the, not just the man of the hour, but like the man of the year, the yeah, man of the century, true. if we, we want to like go there. <laughs> and Brazil didn't win Sexiest Man Alive because, like, <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke where I like quote retweeted a bit like a gif of him walking and i was like they literally feed this man what they feed cattle <laughs> no he is built like a brick wall in the best way possible like he's so he's an absolute unit and that's an why and that's why people want hugs from him when he was like, walking next to zan i was like he's like double that man yeah <laughs> Wait, I, no chance it's just like with he he's he is, so broad he is yeah. made for the fem- for the female gaze he is so he's true. like he's big he's muscular but he's nice he he is so caring he gives good hugs mm-hmm. he respects he's, Bix. he's everything we want Perfect. yes Joplin, he's ideal man when he was like born the like <laughs> god wrote out there he was like <laughs> This man is written by women. <laughs> I, I love the fact that they so, they emphasize both, like, he, I, I don't know, like, I hate to, like, you know, I feel like it's just buzzwords, but I feel like he's the perfect, like, he's, like, that, like, counter to, like, toxic masculinity, where, like, he yes. is so big, and, like, we see him, yeah. like, taking out four stormtroopers before they can even, like, blink or smack it with happening. a brick. <laughs> I know. But at the same he, time, he is so soft, like, him hugging Cassian, him memorizing every word that Marvel wanted to tell Cassian because he knew that's what Cassian wanted to hear. And like, and somebody on my Twitter pointed out um, that like Cassian tries to pull away from the hug and Brazo brings him back in because he's like, no, you're not like done. And like, just like, or like how, yeah, like how soft he is with Bix. Like, I, I love that balance of that. Like, yes, he can beat fascists, with with the brick of like this woman that he loved but then also he's gonna give you a big hug when he's just like pulling I forget the kid's name uh Pac's son oh Wilman Wilman he's like just pulling him like he's like <laughs> he, he literally like he's a like, cat picked him up by his scruff and was like we're leaving <laughs> I Dad, love Brazo, that. so much to think about so much to think about Many I will thoughts. I will always point this out and it came to like a a climax in in season 12 or season 12 episode 12 <laughs> but so Brasso is Tony Gilroy's a genius but Brasso is the name of a metal cleaner mm-hmm. um and it cleans copper and 
bronze, which are the colors of ferrox, and it cleans rust off of those metals. And the rust is the empire. And I was like, if they named Brasso after Brasso, <laughs> I, I like need to go find Tony Gilroy and knock on his door and be like, did you name Brasso? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, cause I believe that cause Bodhi means enlightenment. Yeah. So it's... like, I fully believe that that was intentional. <laughs> and does it also Casa means home? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Also, Bix is a very popular, like, jazz musician, and there's one song with, like, a title that I cannot think of the name of right now, but uh, that, like, reminded me of her character, so I feel like Tony Gilroy might have done that as well, but he's so... I I need his brain. It needs his to be mind. studied. Yeah. So true. <laughs> when he freak. dies, they should open up. <laughs> it's not his brother. It's him. <laughs> it's him. I also love Rosso. Okay, I've been talking to Emily about this, but I want to know. I want to know Hay and Liv's opinion. But what's your thoughts on Bix and Brasso? I see them. I see them personally as more of like a big brother, little sister kind of duo. I, I respect that. But yeah, I don't know. Me personally, yeah. I got M's sister to ship it. <laughs> yeah, my sister and I were we were doing a turkey trot, and she literally like we were talking about Andor, and she was like, she was like, I sh- I think I ship Bix and Brazo, and she was like, I just love the like st- little strong woman and big strong man dynamic. That's valid. I respect also, that. I my buddy Jax pointed out how uh, Brazo is everything that Tim wasn't to Bix. Damn. Genius, right? So, like, this, like, like, first off, fuck Tim. I hate even saying his name. Fuck Tim. But But he was, like, the, he didn't give her any, like, space or, or, like, didn't respect her. It just, shit like that. I don't want to get into it. It makes my blood boil. But, like, Brasso (laughs) is the opposite of that. And I was, like, oh, how can I not ship him? (laughs) I I also come around. I I just think they're cute, and I think that Bix deserves it. Like I hate to be like I don't want to be like women need, but I do think that Bix deserves like after you know she heals, she deserves like a nice man who is like gonna yeah. put her first and will like yeah. do anything to like protect her, and, and like clearly he's... won't get jealous of his her relationship with Cassian, and he's gonna take care of her on Ganji Moon. Like it's just a given. <laughs> So it's like, okay, I won't get into my big Sprasso agenda. <laughs> uh, anything else on Brazo? I just want to say that if B2 got knocked over, I too would kick someone. Mother fucker. I literally, like when he got kicked over by that Imperial, I said, somebody pick him up out loud. <laughs> I was like, no. I like, Brazo ready. Brazos <laughs> said, don't talk to me or my son ever yeah. again. So true. Also, I love that. When are, when are we getting a Brasso Black Series figure? Because I need it. I need it. it. I need, we it. need <laughs> it. We need it in either his grappler uniform or the, the outfit that he was wearing underneath mm-hmm. the hotel. He looked so 
I want to even say the word that I'm thinking. <laughs> I would love for it, but I want it. It has to come with Barbara's brick. It has to yeah, come with Barbara's brick. It has to come with a brick. <laughs> we need a we need I we need a Funko Pop and like a black series and a vintage yeah. series. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And I want the, and I want the a next Lego wave of figure. Andor. The next wave of Andor Funko Pops. I'm so excited. so excited. I hope that it's coming out for Star Wars Celebration. I feel like that's like we the next big. We will buy so much shit. It is yeah. not even funny. I can't I believe the next time. Con exclusive though. I, that's true. They're I can't believe the next time. If they are, yeah, we're all going. Yeah, like, we'll, yeah we'll true. We got you. <laughs> I can't believe the next time I'll see Liv and Hay will be in London. Oh, I'm so excited. International affair. I know. Oh, I'm so, are you guys cosplaying? I'm falling off. Oh yeah, that's okay. Cool. Yeah, we're. I think we're doing every. Are we cosplaying every day? Did we? Oh yeah. Yet? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am. I was too. like, I cosplayed every day last time. Yeah. I, me, and my boyfriend are doing Melshi and Cassian on the beach. <gasps> oh, that's oh, so god. cute! That's oh so my god! Excited. How are you gonna do Melshi's funky little shirt? I I have to find like a similar, but my boyfriend's gonna be Melshi and I'm gonna be Cassian. But and then I'm gonna be, and then I'm gonna be Bix and I'm forcing him to be episode one through three Cassian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cute! Yay! Okay, sorry, we could get back on. (laughs) Forced it. I'm so excited though. I know. That last Star Wars celebration, he just was like there to take pictures. I was like, no. I was like, no, I actually like want you to cosplay. But yeah. And Emma is coming in January. We're going to go see Diego Luna's controversial girlfriend. Girlfriend. See Suki no. Waterhouse. We were just talking about that, and he was like, "Oh, I have one of her songs on the playlist." And it was the good looking, and I was like, "I think that's the she Diego Luna." She's like, "It's she's like it's about Robert Pattinson." I'm like, "This is a breakup song, and it came out right after you broke up with Diego." So this is definitely about Diego. <laughs> okay, sorry, we can get back on. No, I just yes, so we move on to B two. Little Pick guy. Up. I don't know if there's much Somebody to say about him. him Peg- Pegla was a real one. You so can, true. You can tell Pegla loves like little guys because he loves. I swear to God, he did not want to leave Ferrix because he didn't want to leave his house. I swear. I know. He yeah. was so sad about selling Bix's shop and house too. Like you can see it in his face. Yeah. <laughs> and, but then B2, pick him up. Somebody pick, pick him up. up. No, I literally tweeted out, somebody big pick up B2 right now. I was so nervous for him. I, I was definitely expecting B2 to, to not clear to season two, but yeah. he did. He made it. And when he said, at the end, I never got to see you to Cassian, I thought that that was so sad. It reminded me of like coming home from college and seeing your childhood dog and it's like busy, so you never really get to like, interact with him mm-hmm. and then you like have to say goodbye oh it's, uh, it's so sad i, I hope we get like, more of me too i swear yeah. b2 is like cassian's little brother like mm-hmm. it's just and then she's like he's like take care of bix you always are like you always say that and you always come through 
What's so sad is that Cassian said that to B2, and he had already planned in his mind to go to Luthen and ask Luthen to kill him mm-hmm. or to turn him in. Uh, rip mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Suffering. Suffering. I think that B2 would love Bodhi and Jin. Yeah. Just oh. to bring them up. Bodhi would love B2. They're like, like this. They're like cut from the same cloth. <laughs> He'd be his little his his little mechanic buddy. I just imagine uh Dio and, and B2 and Bodhi like all oh, his little mechanic stop. buddies. That's so cute. That's the like little stutter with Dio and B2. Oh. <laughs> the babies. They're all they all have anxiety. <laughs> They're just like me for <laughs> they, they all have undiagnosed anxiety disorders. <laughs> Not true. Uh yeah. Next we'll move on to uh we'll just do like combo Val Santa. Yeah. Was I a little upset they didn't kiss? Yes. Do I get it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think they should kiss in season two? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I definitely I just go ahead, think- Liv. Okay. I just <laughs> think when Val said come away from the window, that would have been a perfect moment for them to kiss. Yeah. I was Even expecting if it was just kiss. really quick. Like yeah, yeah. that Something was like kind of steamy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, come away from the window, and Cinta was like quaking in her boots. <laughs> <laughs> Gay panic. <laughs> Gay shaking. <laughs> I yeah, but also I'm a hundred percent convinced Cinta was just falling dead purely killing. Yeah, but she acts like when she like lets him like back her up like she's all innocent and then she just pocket knife so true have Iconic. we seen have we seen like a knife killing in star wars it's not like, like a traditional knife killing yeah that was that was huh. <laughs> i love women and then i like when val is like so worried about her she's like you're bleeding and then she's like it's not my blood <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she said it so nonchalantly. I was yeah. like, oh, how did Val not fall to her knees? <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I kind of think now, like, I kind of feel like if Dedra does not clear the series, Cinta is going to be the one to take her out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be delicious. I, I tweeted about this yesterday where I was like, I don't think it's going to be Bix. I, that's no. going to get, like, revenge on her. And then M was like, it's going to be Cinta. And I was like, Fuck yeah, like that'd be yeah, so I think it's sick. Gonna be Cinta. Especially I... with whole, the like backstory where like stormtroopers killed her family. Yeah. Yeah. We love and, to see and it. Getting that when like and especially when Dedra has like hurts like death troopers. It'd just be so good. Also, Val is going through it. She <laughs> yeah. really is. Like, My Sorry, go ahead. Em. Oh no, I was like, I was like, I don't think she wants to be a part of Luthen's cell anymore. She like, I don't think so. <laughs> clearly, yeah. I was like, she doesn't really like him. She clearly has this bitter exes thing going on with Clea as we discussed <laughs> last time. Um, and like now she seems to have this like, and now it's like she seems to have this whole thing where like I think she's clearly getting frustrated by 
this idea that like she has to continue to put the cause first in her relationship always has to come second like I think Mm -hmm. she just wants to be selfish and to let like have her and Cinta be girlfriends and yeah they're rebels but like she can kind of be like the first priority for Cinta maybe and she can make Cinta her first priority Mm -hmm. so have you what you're gonna say oh well I I forced my mom to watch Andor and she made this like she made this like really sick uh comparison to and this will be like my final thought on Belle and Cinta I think but like to she compared Belle and Cinta to Jin and Cassian and uh or Belle is Cassian and Jin is Cinta and I won't get too much into it but basic let me find it but basically how they can mirror Jin and Cassian by how Val is Cassian in the case where once Cinta aka Jin is introduced to the rebellion her Cassian's orders begin to falter in like his own mind and with Cinta she's willing to go all in even if it like risk is risk is risks absolutely everything like how Jin was with Scarif and then like with the mirror part with that Cinta says in episode eight she uh Cassian saw so much of himself in Jin and it scared him in a way like basically Jin showed him exactly what Cassian needed to see like what Cinta shows Vel but Vel in this case I think is a little bit more afraid because she 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 doesn't want to go all into the rebellion like she she doesn't like Lothan she doesn't like Clea and I think that she just wants peace but Cinta is less delusional in the way not to call Val delusional but she <laughs> knows that like peace right now is not an option like she mm-hmm. wants to fight so I don't know I thought that was a good point I don't know if your, I like 100% yeah your mom is so galaxy brave <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the it's the the like couple years of literature teacher in her (laughs) (laughs) yes I love that yes I but I can definitely see that um and I think in the same way it'd be cool that's why like I really hope um yeah I love to see them in season two just doing more rebel stuff but I do hope that they are a couple who uh gets to live through you know the whole rebellion because I think it'd be really cool to see a couple like that get a chance to live life outside of the rebellion and really get their time of peace and just to be together without any work to do um I really love that but then I also fully believe that they would join the resistance again because Mm -hmm. there's no way that Cinta wouldn't um and also Cinta would adopt immediately like any uh people like Finn who came out of the Stormtrooper program I feel like Mm -hmm. Uh, next related we'll go on to Luthen. I don't know if there's much for him this episode, but if there's any thoughts, I just I have loved... one. Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. No, you go um, ahead. <laughs> okay. I just love that when he saw Marva's speech, he just like looks at her hologram and he's like, "Yeah, that's Cassian's mm-hmm. mom." <laughs> yeah, he can I see where he gets it from. Yeah. 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 We were talking uh, yesterday, we had uh, one of our Josh on and he was, we'd asked for his like thoughts on the finale. And I think he said like, 
I think that's like what Luthen really, that's Luthen's turning point with Cassian is seeing his mom's speech and like knowing that like she instilled these values in him. So I think like that's really his point where he is like, oh, this, I think this guy is really all in on the relief. I think besides the fact that he came back to Ferrix and like sought him out, um, like I love that. I'm so interested to see now that like he's in, like I'm interested to see their mentorship grow in season two. I th- I don't think Luthen is clearing. Um, oh, he's <laughs> season not. two. But I think that it's going to be cool to see their relationship grow and see like, you know, more of what we saw in like episode three, where he's kind of like telling him like what to do and all these plans and like that, like I'm interested to see that again. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to hear what you had to say. Before oh, no, I was just saying the, from the no, it's <laughs> um. I really don't have any thoughts about Luth in this episode just because he was in so little of it. But I'm interested to see how much of his attitudes towards the rebellion get instilled into Castian throughout the time of their mentorship. And I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish we were getting a year for each season leading up to Rogue One. And I'm not really sure how they're going to like kind of fit the nuances of that into like if they're doing the three episode arcs in season two how they're going to fit it into an episode like a, a three episode arc and I've been thinking about it for a little bit and I would love to see like an ongoing comic series about them I mean I, I want to see like a comic series about everything but I think we would really miss out on a lot if we were to just go from the ending of season one to whatever arcs in season two that they're going to do with Cassian and Luthen. And I think, I know for a fact that they're probably going to introduce, that Luthen is probably going to introduce him to the wider rebellion with Saw and Mon Mothma and the other mm-hmm. rebel leaders like Draven. But I, I, I want to know like what comes before that. And I want to know what lessons particularly that Luthen gave to Cassian that yeah. help him be the rebel spy captain that he that we see in Rogue One. Um, but yeah, that's that's like one of I I don't want to rag on the series because obviously we know we've been talking about it. I love that I love everything about it, but they do leave some things a little bit unfinished or like unpolished. I feel like like yeah. especially this um kind of byline with Luthen and ultimately where Cassian ends up in the rebellion. I just wish we saw like a little bit more. And I wish we saw a little bit more of, of and I, I wish we had more time in season two to go into their relationship and like see them going on missions together or, or casting going on missions for Luthen. Um, yeah, although I think it came to a really good point, I wish we could have seen more. And I wish we were gonna see more of Cassian and Luthen, which is why I want that comic series. Cause I think I think for the action in Andor, um, a comic series would would work very well. And because most of that relationship is kind of like a like a give and take almost, and of course it's a mentorship, obviously. The the action sequences and the dialogue that Tony has in this show would work really well as a comic series. And that's my thought on that on Luther yeah. in this episode at least I liked that we didn't see any more of Cassian and the Rebellion I liked that this season really built up and I'm okay with not seeing him and Luther because I think what's happening with Cassian is I do I'm interested in the mentorship but I think a really big emphasis for Cassian is that he really doesn't have like one mentor like Jin did where like it was like Saul was like really 
instilled those. I don't like Lyra too, but just like because a lot of her rebel training was with Saw, that that instilled a lot of her values in her. That I like that Cassie is kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of people of- Yeah, that's a good point. Of Nemec through his manifesto of Luthen, of of Marva, of even, you know, Valcinta, Tamarin, Gorn, um, Scheme even. Uh, kind of this amalgamation of everyone um and I I like that a lot um and I also think it's interesting because I think when you're talking about like Luthen instilling his values in Cassian uh in the Rogue One novelization it's kind of this point where like Cassian looks up to Mon Mothma but he kind of agrees with Dra- uh, Davin that she's a little bit too idealistic and like yeah. she thinks that things can work and I think that's another thing where like that's also something that he could definitely get from Luthen because I think that's what he mm-hmm. believes is that Mon Mothma is a little bit too idealistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's, that's all my thoughts. Uh, next we'll move on to the Imperial Twin Flames. <laughs> uh, Cyril Lord. and Dedra. And also a little bit <laughs> Lieutenant um, uh, Mosk. Is, what is his name? I think it was no Sergeant Mosk. <laughs> Sergeant Bosk. Sergeant Bosk. <laughs> Not Bosk. Bosk. Mosk. M O S K. We have bounty so hunters close. brain rot. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> okay. First off, can we talk about that hat switch and what the fuck <laughs> that meant? Bosk <laughs> was like, he was so confident. He's like, you guys switch hats. I just, so I was like, okay. <laughs> I feel like that was definitely Kyle Kyle's idea. <laughs> I feel like it was. I was so I could just I could just hear in his little voice. He was like, "We should switch hats," and Tony was like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah." Okay, Tony. I mean, his, his like heavy Scottish accent was like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I guess. Oh no, you go. <laughs> I was just saying, I think when Tony was like, this whole time Tony's been like, Cyrus' ideology is not set. I literally think that he was mainly referring to this moment on Scarif because you can tell a lot of people were like, some people were like, you can't, but like, there's a reason they cut to him while Marva is speaking and he is Mm -hmm. listening. He is taking in her words and he seems kind of affected by them, but then he does end up saving Dedra. So I think that's kind of where that comes from is like he does kind of seem he's taking in what marva is saying which is against the empire but then he ends up saving dedra which you know very like what he would do if he was trying to kind of get into the good graces of the empire so i and i think that leaves him in a really interesting position for season two especially if dedra if this kind of changes her opinion on him and 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 leads her to see him is less of an annoyance and maybe more of an asset um and how this plus I think in the addition like his continuing to see the relationship with his mother as she continues to like needle and push him could push him either way um and I think like it's another really good example I think that Kyle has done such a good job like Diego of like he does a lot of his acting without lines where like you are able to like assess what he's feeling and like thinking just based on like facial expressions and I think this episode was a really big one since he doesn't have a lot of dialogue um 
And I just think that's a testament. And I'm glad that he didn't die. I knew that he wasn't going to die. I told everyone he wasn't going to die. Um, and I'm glad he didn't because I think that would have been a real waste of his character. I think either way that he goes, I think he is so fascinating and to kill him off in season one would have been kind of a waste. I'm excited to see what he does in season two. Uh, I think it'd be kind of cool if it just like opened with you like in an ISB uniform and like mm -hmm. you kind of like see and like I, I think it could be so interesting like either way if he has this callous arc of like as he sees more of the empire he kind of has this understanding of like this is not the order and justice that he wants um or if you know he continues to be like you know as he's getting this positive validation and moving up in his career if that is inspiring him more um especially given if like him and Dedra continue to interact uh I think that'd be so interesting I'm so fascinated to see what they do with him and uh I also think Kyle did a really interesting interview uh, recently. He posted it on his Instagram that I think is cool and people should check out. But uh, it, it's like, I think he has such a cool understanding of the character. Um, and I think that's really, I always like when actors have like a, like I feel like with Andor, it's so apparent how much like the actors themselves really care about these characters and understanding like them internally. Um, and it really comes through in their performances uh the only thing I really have to say on Dedra is did I I didn't want her to die in season one she deserved to get hit in the head with that rock though oh fuck yeah <laughs> and then that when was, she when she was literally was karma like, yeah when she was clawing at the dirt to try and get away from the Ferrex citizens like that shit was scary but so deserved I I thought that they were going to eat her alive. I was yeah, like, me too. she is dead. I was like, she's totally dead. She's and a then, goner. I, yeah. I, first off, I love the way that M talks about Cyril because it like puts in such a new perspective because automatically, like, I just want to be like, fuck him. I hate him. I think he's a piece of shit. But then M like gives me a whole different perspective on his character. And I think that more people should be open to hearing mm -hmm. it. You can hate um, Cyril. I also want to make that clear. I know a lot of people don't like him. I understand yeah. why people don't like him. He is kind of like a dick. I just yeah. think that he's one of the most fascinating characters we've ever gotten in Star Wars, and I'm unfortunately just like a little bit obsessed. <laughs> honestly, you are you are so great. Like we we haven't really seen a character like Cyril before. And oh, he's a wild card. He yeah. is a wild card, and I it's Tony is so right. Like he could go either way, and I. I would love to see in season two, like you said, like him being in the ISB, but Tony did say there would be like betrayal arcs. So I do wonder if that has anything to do with like Cyril and Cyril, realizing, yeah, Cyril, realizing Cyril Imperial Defector. Here's yeah. the thing, I think Cyril, Cyril betraying one of the first people who has given him any form of like positive validation. Delicious, life, delicious. There's something to that and to, that would be a satisfying character arc for him finally realizing that like he cannot rely on like he needs to make his own decisions and he cannot rely on other people to determine what he's going to do and how he's going to feel about himself um I can imagine the look on Deidre's face when like he tells her or like he does something like uh, I'm uh, uh. I, I just want Dedra to get the nastiest taste of her own medicine. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that she she deserves that. And 
I think it would be really fucking cool if I remember when she told Cyril like she'll he'll she'll put him on a cage in the outer rim, and if that's where Dedra ends up, that would be so sick. <laughs> oh, this is what I'm saying. Imagine like you know how like and like it's you know Lost Stars like a thing in a, a Sienna scene where like she's in prison right after like uh the the end of the war and she kind of and like Cyril comes and is just like in like rebel regalia and he's like and it's just like (laughs) it would just be so perfect I think yeah either her on a cage in the outer rim or once again since taking her out Mm-hmm. would be satisfying i i just want to see her become a little bit unhinged girl boss villain um i yeah. think that's what we deserve in season two <laughs> so true like critic but a girl yeah. <laughs> maybe she'll meet um, critic yeah i mean that's yeah. her like uh well because with party guess he made the decision without her so i do wonder if like she'll go to critic and that's now her mentor Ooh. Oh no! Oh my God, Briley Ronan cameo. Briley Ronan. Oh my God, Briley Ronan and Deidre <laughs> pissing contest. I, I would eat this that is, up with a fork and knife. This is what I'm saying. I hope that like if we don't actually get a callous appearance in season two, I would love for the callous mention to be Deidre talking shit about the fact that he has like a higher up ISB officer defected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like so. I like he's so weak willed. <laughs> I was so sad watching Captain Tigo because Wilhuff would have been an excellent callus. He would have. Oh, he would have been so good. Uh, the The way he acted like this episode was so callus esque, and so I was like, season one callus. I was like, they miscasted you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was like, he's a good imperial, and that's why he would have been a good, good callus. I'm still mad at him because he is the one who throws me two over. <laughs> yeah, I know. Boo. Loser. <laughs> uh, so lastly, we have Mon Mothma and her family. We don't get a lot of Mon Mothma in this episode, but we do it's get a little sad. bit. It's I just felt, sad. It's just sad. I felt like it was kind of rushed in this episode. Yeah. I thought so well, the build up and then it was like the one scene. Yeah. I, that's. Like, I understand it, but also I want a little more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Setting up Perrin for the game. Just like Gatekeep Girl Boss. That was was delicious. It was so good. And, like, knowing that he's an ISV Psy and he was listening and she could report back Mm -hmm. that, like, oh, that's why the money's missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so sick. I didn't fully understand it until Blevin was like, oh, that would explain a lot of the weird moves in her her bank accounts. I was like, oh, you, you bitch I love <laughs> she's just brilliant she's she's she, so smart she's that bitch with a capital b <laughs> so true i love her i oh it, the woman that we got in the original no. trilogy in in the white robes is now this woman i'm like yeah. this is perfect i'm so excited Ugh. i can't wait to yeah mm-hmm I love I, what the series did for her. Like, truly. Yes. Me too. And and the fact that Tony was like, how could I make her backstory be as tragic as <laughs> I possibly can? <laughs> I And that scene where she's walking in the arranged marriage and Lita is looking like 
she's the only one who seems even a little bit happy to be there and I feel like part of it is like she's trying to be like to her mom like oh look like I'm doing what you did Mm. and it's so sad because they don't want that and I don't even think Perrin wants it for her because it's not like Perrin has had a happy arranged marriage like he probably would prefer his own daughter not be in that uh like Mm. afraid that like you know I bet they're both afraid of basically what happened to them to happen to Lita um Mm. And it's so sad and like they're both so caught up in like their own inner thoughts and world that they like don't notice like what she's going through. Yeah, it's definitely a difficult situation. And I'm really glad that Andor brought in like familial uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Obviously like there's familial issues with like Darth Vader <laughs> and Luke and Leia, but like this is- This is so a different much- kind of familial issues. This is, this is so much more raw. It's so much more relatable and- mm-hmm the Mon Mothma that we see in like Rebels is alone and in Rogue One she's alone so I just wonder what happens mm-hmm. and how that completely mirrors Cassian how he kind of ends up alone too and I am not ready for the emotional damage that will inflict on my mental stability and health <laughs> I'm wondering if like she ends up sending like Lita and Perrin back to like Chandrilla with like her arranged marriage and like she's kind of on course all alone and like they find out have to find out like through the news and like I wonder like are, like her and parent gonna get a divorce is he gonna die like because like I don't know she he goes to prison kid. she pins all her rebellion dealings on him and he goes to prison because she comes speaking on that her. I but want if, if that Go happens ahead. you would think that she would have to pardon him as chancellor because if he was Ugh. like pinned down for rebel activity she has to be like oh yeah Ugh. sorry about that <laughs> I gross. I know that this is like super cliche, but I want like the nastiest argument between them. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I I, no. I, know, I just love I love the dramatics. It's so telenovela, and like I want it, and, <laughs> and I just I need want, it. I want this. I want the match. drama. I want the drama. <laughs> I want it to feel like a telenovela, and and it it'll just be so good. And Mon in my head is Colombian. <laughs> <laughs> not to bring my latin americanism head cannons into this podcast i'll keep that in mind it's no. <laughs> funny and with that uh any other thoughts on the finale and then you can get to overall thoughts on the series uh maybe we could talk about maybe like who are our favorite characters favorite moments what is your favorite arc maybe Mine, oh, no, I feel badly. No, go. (laughs) Mine was the prison arc, but I'm biased because uh, we got Melchie back. (laughs) I was so excited. The last time I was on the pod was before this series. I remember calling out Sergeant Melchie Erasure. (laughs) Because, and I, I was so happy. I actually got to tell Duncan that, I was so excited for him to come back and I was like I like I like clung to your character in Rogue One and I like ran with it and I was like I was so happy you came back and he messaged back and he was like thank you so much I was so excited to come back and I was like I love you (laughs) I didn't tell him that but (laughs) but it, it. it it was so exciting to get him to come back like this 
just like gloved Shido that just graduated to the side character. So and, proud. Like, I was like knowing where I said I was like knowing where Melshi came from and that knowing where he ended up is so poignant. And the fact that Cassian has like has somebody and like like will reunite like Cassian usually loses people and then that's it like he doesn't see them again but he's going to reunite with Melshi again in the rebellion and it'll just be the most beautiful reunion and I hope we see it and I didn't love the prison arc just because of Melshi I thought like the the growth that we see with Cassian's character is also really beautiful but yeah it, it was so perfect I but if I had to choose like a second favorite it's the Ferrix one through episode one through three and I guess I'll count 12. Anytime we see Ferrix, I, I love it. <laughs> it's my comfort planet. <laughs> Your glove shit you ween. Exactly. <laughs> I think for me, an unexpected favorite in the series was Mon Mothma, which I've talked about a lot. Her development in this series was something I was not expecting at all. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I freaking... I don't know. I love her appearance in Return of the Jedi and what they've done with her in the post-Return of the Jedi stuff, but seeing how she got to that idealistic kind of like almost like deistic figure for the Rebellion mm. and her ideals and her morals, I really enjoyed the growth from, I really enjoyed seeing the origins of that and like what she had to go through in order to become that. Um, if who else have I talked about a lot? I love. I also really liked Luthen. Um, his character was, I think, a very needed kind of middle ground in the rebellion, especially with the discourse about um, what's the the best way to kind of go around fascism, especially in our day and age. Unfortunately, which is a horrible thing to have to talk about. Uh, but my favorite arc, I would say, is also the prison arc. Uh, second is Aldani. And then can, can the last, I feel like the, the finale is an arc of its own. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Two, I think. So it's for sure. Yeah, definitely those. Um, I don't know. Who else have I talked about a lot? Kino. 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 I love Kino. I love Kino. I loved Momatsuma. Um, loved Luthen, and of course, I did also enjoy the Melshi, the sprinkling of Melshi we got in the prison arc. Um, <laughs> the boy, the boy, so true. Here comes the boy. <laughs> you know what? I also enjoyed. I also enjoyed the mud trooper helmets. That's another thing I enjoyed. They did that just for me. They did that just for me. I was gonna say uh, legends massages spray, but or legends massages hey, but we actually beat it because Mon Mothma is your top character. Yeah, so we have <laughs> massages so hey has true. been defeated with Andor. <laughs> <laughs> I also oh, oh just, no, just one more. Um, I really also enjoyed Deidre because she's a character we really haven't seen. Like her, yes. her diabolicalness. I don't know. There, there's something about how they wrote women in this series that made yeah. me not want to hate them. <laughs> That's a joke. Just That's awesome. <laughs> cancel run relay canceled. More like cancel run relay. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, We're canceling hey just for that. 
Joe. Yeah, she's she the only it. misogynist here. Me and Em are fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am also not a misogynist. Yeah. I was like, three of us have three of us have cosplay our favorite girlies. Oh, I guess you did Cadelia. I did. My, my and Afro. Girl. Okay. You get this. Anyways, all jokes aside, I feel like the women in, in this series, also Bix. I haven't talked about Bix a lot, but I really liked her um, arc in the series. And we talked about it a little bit last night, but with her torture, she really could go either way, either further into the rebellion or like Em said, make the selfish choice and kind of pull away from it and try to just make peace with herself in the galaxy. But mm-hmm. I think all of the women in the series were beautifully written, very nuanced, and we need more. We just need more nuanced women written like that just throughout star wars yeah tony Anyways. delivered with that he mm-hmm. he did his mm-hmm. he his gil rossi into it what can i say <laughs> yeah and i think having a female director for some of those oh absolutely really helped like especially like the Donnie stuff with oh and mm-hmm. i think that really helped yeah i think so too I, I I said my favorite arc, but I think that the entire series is my is my season is my favorite <laughs> yeah, arc. I so true. That, yeah. And I like yeah. how it leads into itself. All right, sorry, yes. one more thing. I like like how you said like the whole series is just one giant arc because you can't yeah. necessarily have the like the final story without the arcs that came before it. Like in Clone Wars, you can really like kind of dis- disassociate the arts from mm-hmm. one another and like you can see how you can you think you can separate them from each other but in this show like the things that happen in the last arc are intrinsic to what to driving the plot forward anyways i promise okay that's my last thing that i'll say live what are your thoughts on the finale <laughs> um, your favorite arc and character yeah. <laughs> so my my favorite arc i talked about it before i can't say enough good things about it it's a prison arc it just yeah. scratched an itch in my brain. I don't know, man. I just loved it so much. Um, and then my favorite character, the finale solidified it. It's Brasso. He's fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I I love him. I hope we get to see a lot more of him in season two, and we get to see like, cause like I guess we got we got quite a bit of him, but we didn't really get to see any development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope I hope we see him, his character get expanded upon. And yeah. I hope he joins the rebellion. Yeah, me too. It just yeah. seems right for him. I want to see that like lieutenant's or like captain's badge on his vest. Yeah. I think that'd be so sick. Yeah. Oh, I can see it like, in my brain right now. Me yes. too. Yeah. I think that he would. Uh, I hope that like he's not. We don't see him in Rogue One because he <laughs> no. beats the shit out of Draven. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. This is what I want. This is what I want. When he's like shit talking, he's like, don't shit. When he like talks bad about Cassie and Shannon, he's like, he plays like a square brick. brick. (laughs) He just carries around with him now. When when Brazo is in like Battlefront and he just has a brick. So true. Uh, that's the newest Battlefront 2 update that's the last one they're gonna make is Brasso with a brick (laughs) (laughs) I think my favorite arc I've said this multiple times is the Aldani arc I there's just something very special about like rebel found family 
doing a heist. I love when it's just a bunch of people from like all these different backgrounds like coming together and and doing something like it's like the solo Rogue One ism of so it true. all. The Star Wars I, story ism. The I Star Wars story ism. I also love that arc. Dedro is so interesting, and that arc being introduced, I loved seeing uh, Cyril's unemployment era. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I just and I just. I, all of the all dunning rebels i love them so much even skiing people are mean to him but like i i just i, I love still, skiing too i, I love skiing too so interesting and mm-hmm. i think there's just a way that the guy plays him that makes him just a little bit lovable um <laughs> and it's the way yeah. he's it's the way he's with nemec and cassian around the fire i i yes. love that scene exactly it i yeah i i probably watched uh I mean I watched the first three episodes that came out like constantly but I think I've watched the Eldani <laughs> arc the most now and I will probably continue to watch it the most I just I love it um and yeah a lot of my favorite it's like a lot of my favorite characters kind of like obviously besides like the already like Cassian and the already introduced characters uh Cyril was definitely a favorite Gorn of course my man I miss him so, so much true. I want to know everything about him uh Cinta was also a really a standout character to me I just think that she's so cool and interesting uh and also Brazo of course she was mm-hmm. so cool and Clea I think Clea was so cool and I'm so yeah. interested to see her more in season two um and see more of like her relationship with Luthen and like now if like Cassian's in it like I'm interested to see their dynamic especially because we kind of still can live in the theory that she might be Cassian's sister. I'm all for it. I'm all for it too. I think it's totally possible. It would make sense. And people are, mm-hmm. I know some people were angry, like, oh, this, um, this white woman, which first of all, I don't know if we should be generalizing about that, but like this white woman, just because she's a white woman doesn't mean she could be Cassian's sister. It is very feasible for her to be Cassian's sister. Okay. Also, Diego is a white man, and I think that people need to start separating ethnicity from race. Um, that's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, also, it was funny to be like, she can't be that. But then every, I saw people be like, I think maybe she's like, uh, like, um, she could be Sabe, or she could be like raised. The Sabe argument. Oh uh, my god. I was like, I, I was like, first of all, Sabe and Mon Mothma are the same age, and that's clearly a twenty-five-year-old woman because the actor elizabeth is 25 and there's no way they're having her play like a 40 year old no i don't know vader 2020 has done irreparable damage to our society (laughs) (laughs) sorry uh to kind of finish it out i guess uh what did we get right because the reason we wanted to really get savion again for this was because we (laughs) talked about andor in our Cassian episode and we had a lot of predictions internally with each other so what did we end up getting right I don't fully remember what we said um I I I looked at the thread before this episode that I had made around that time that I came on the episode and I got nothing right absolutely nothing right (laughs) I didn't get Bix and Cassian well at first when we didn't have Bix named I thought that they were siblings and they were not siblings I thought that Melshi was going to be Cassian's last hug until Rogue One and I was obviously very wrong um I thought that Bix would have a much different storyline I thought that she was gonna go with Cassian off of Ferrix, but I was obviously completely wrong about that as well 
Um, I thought that Bix Cassian would become canon, and I guess it didn't. What? Yeah, it didn't. In a way, like, in a way, but I got a lot, I think we got everything wrong. <laughs> and isn't I, that uh, so nice to say? That is so nice, because a lot of the things that I said are on that episode, I went back and I read it, and I was like, God, I would have hated if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I... I thought that Melshi and Bix would meet. I was wrong. I thought that Melshi would go to barracks with Cassian. Like, I thought that, no. I didn't think that Cassian and Melshi would meet that way. <laughs> I thought that Melshi worked on Niamos because I thought that his pants yeah. were an apron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got everything wrong, but I'm totally okay with that because the way this the series went, the season went, I was super I happy it. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I looked back at my predictions. I was a little bit right about mentor figure played by yeah. Solida. Mm-hmm. Fiona Shaw is a rebel, kind of. I mean, yeah. Uh, presence of two villain, no. I did Empire villain played by Denise Goff with Robert Ems as a secondary Imperial. I did kind of nail that. <laughs> Robert Ems did end up being Luthen's little spy, but I kind of nailed that part. Uh, Kyle and Audria as partners slash teammates to Cassian kind of got Audria. No Draven appearance or mention. No significant droid. I got that wrong, but I did get the bet on the KX security droid uh, appearing, and I had at least one Cassian Imperial disguise, and that did in fact happen yep, so it did it was a, it was a big spend. oh i, I really did general i did predict that castian would wear a funky hat and we got that in the aldani arc and i did predict uh that what was another the other one oh, okay i can't think of it right now but i definitely predicted the funky hat correctly and i think you predicted there, were, there were lots of funky hats <laughs> everyone so got everyone got a funky hat or a hood <laughs> i hope the coats were a, a poncho. We oh, also got so there was poncho no way we, we could we did get poncho Cassian, but there's no way we could have guessed this. But Brazo got the funkiest boots, those bright I... red fire truck red boots. No I was slaying. like, I was like the sleigh. His <laughs> only sleigh. competition is Luke in his so true, so true. <laughs> If Brasso takes those boots with him to the rebellion and meets Luke, oh my then god! I, oh, Luke yeah. Brasso, I ship it. No, also <laughs> context given. <laughs> I also keep. I'm also coming back to all of our uh, fest theories. R.I.P. Cassian from Fest. Um, he will always oh, yeah. be remembered. <laughs> he will always be remembered by the false <laughs> papers that Marva forged for you. <laughs> I kind of dig how they did it though. Like they didn't I did too. erase Fest completely, but it it was like we were fooled too by his yeah, backstory. Yeah. And it makes and it makes total sense because like all of this stuff from yeah, like that we were getting would be like it, it was like all of the visual dictionaries or like the rebel dossiers, like with the understanding that like that information is like coming from the rebellion, who Cassian mm-hmm. would have just told that he was from from Canary. Well, because oh, yeah, from- I think the only person who knows that he might be from Canari is Luthen. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I yeah. guess Bix and, and Bix and Brazo now too, but I don't think they're going <laughs> to snitch on him. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> I don't think they will. I don't think they will either. Tony Gilroy said betrayal and I started quaking in my boots. So I was like, please, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> uh, 
the last thing I just want to ask, because uh, I know that Savi and I both have to go, uh, <laughs> is where do you think this falls in like your ranking, either of like Star Wars in general or like just Star Wars TV shows? Top, top. number Can't. one. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. the fact that it it wasn't worked on by like what we're so used to, and it was just so somebody called Andor stands. Uh, what is that word pretentious and if I'm pretentious because I think that Andor is better than everything that we've gotten out <laughs> like show wise then I'm a pretentious bitch <laughs> I'm very right. sorry but no other Star Wars projects like or Star Wars television show at least like Bad Batch Mando Clone Wars has ever had the amount of commentary and poignancy that Andor has yeah. and if that makes me pretentious then Oh, the fuck, K. I know. So be it. So fucking be it. And Rebels has to be tampered down because it's because it's a a children's show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's definitely my favorite TV show. I it just ekes out the Force Awakens. And really, yeah, it's it's my second favorite thing. I don't think anything can ever beat Rogue One just because like how much like emotional attachment I have to it. And I even kind of consider Mm -hmm. Andor to just kind of be an expansion of Rogue One. I think um, so yeah. too, yeah. They're, like, they're together on the list. They're, mm-hmm. they're together on the list. They're basically both tied for number one, but if I have to put it, I would still put it at number two just because like Rogue One is my everything and like generous are still, it's like just so much to me, but like, yeah, this show, I mean, it beat out Force Awakens, it beat out Solo, I'm sorry. It, it has to be, it has to be number <laughs> two. <laughs> or Reels. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, think- I would say eight thumbs up. Yes, eight thumbs up. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it's num- number one Andor. If we're just talking about shows, and then number two is Rebels. Mm-hmm. Like, have- I haven't decided number three. <laughs> Same. <laughs> number three is just the first episode of Bad Batch for me. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. Oh, yeah. Mando. Mando. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So I do love Mando. You- you just decided number three for me. <laughs> <laughs> we were so caught up in the rebellion, we forgot the New Republic existed. <laughs> Let's do Kessel Run Book Club. Good Finest Lord. Emily. So this is just about comics. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So what the fuck were the comics that came out last week? I have them on my revelations. I can't hold up. Hyperspace, yes. Hyperspace <laughs> stories. Yoda one, hyperspace stories with oh, the Finpo yeah, issue and good. revelations. Full disclosure, I did not read Yoda. I did not read hyperspace stories. I, I don't plan on getting Yoda. I had an entire talk at the comic book store with the owner, and he was like, Did you want to get Yoda? I was gonna put it aside for you, but you didn't put it on your list. And I was like, nah, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't I do not give a fuck. (laughs) I do not like Yoda. And he's like, damn, that's a I think you might be in the minority for that one. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) So this is gonna be like another Obi-Wan where Yeah. And plus I'm going to have to (laughs) tell you guys about Yoda because I don't care. (laughs) Except I didn't read it this week because Revelations ruined me. Yeah. But anyway, um, Yoda also, I think Yoda was very High Republic uh, mm-hmm. based. So I do not think you would have known what the fuck was going on. So no. maybe it was a good decision that I didn't read it. <laughs> but anyway, Revelations. Oh, oh my God. It, it was a lot. Disastrous. It, no, it, but like in a good way, it was so good. Yeah. 
It was a lot yeah. in a good way. Like, oh my God, I had to reread the bounty hunters part like four times. <laughs> because, 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 because. Okay, okay, I said this. I don't think he's going to die in 31. I do not think Valance is going to die in 31. And Ethan is just being a. He always is. He yes. always is. Like, I don't, I don't know why. He, no, he does this on purpose. He told me at celebration that he teases us on purpose just because he finds it funny. Oh, and that he doesn't actually <laughs> really want to kill any of these characters. I because find that this, hard to believe. This is when he would torment me about Zuckus. Yeah. But then at Celebration, he was like, you know, I, I, they would never let me kill him off, right? <laughs> I just do that to be funny. I'm like, fuck you. Fucker. <laughs> anyway, um, the Eye of Webbage Bog stuff is cool. I saw people being like, oh my god, the Eye of, the Eye of Webbage Bog is back. As if he wasn't in Vader 2020, but okay. In the first, it's in okay. The we all arc. like to forget Vader 2020. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Greg Pack, if you ever listen to this. I'm very sorry, sir, We're but so sorry. Uh, I have things to say about that run. Anyway, um, so it was, it was Vader bounty hunters star wars and we didn't we didn't actually get a lot of afra which like yeah, i like kind of it was a page of afra like getting a headache because afra was fighting back well the spark getting a headache because afra was fighting back and honestly that's all i really needed because we got afra last week and we yeah. have like a big arc coming up with um obviously her uh trying to fight off the spark eternal but the bounty hunter stuff oh my god oh no okay but the there's so much going like the the part about lieutenant hayden no what, what the, the fuck? fuck what the fuck what the fuck man I, I need to know if this is just like vader gave her the task to kill valance and she was like ah, okay or if this was like a long haul thing to get valance to trust her so she can oh my him because vader put her up to it before any of the shits had happened both hurt both hurt a lot um not looking forward to that and the implication that he gets shot in the face and falls off a cliff um so fine. star wars 29 coded yeah but i'm but pretty sure lives he Weeping. still lives because Vader specifically says, "Like I wouldn't be so stupid as to think him dead when you just shot him off a cliff. He's not. Yeah. Um, he's not that easy to kill." Which, like, yay, go, yeah. go, Valen, go, Valen. <laughs> he's um, so strong. Not, not mentally. I think he's 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 at his his limit. <laughs> I, I don't even. And then, we haven't even gotten to the mind control stuff yet. Oh my! Nope. <laughs> it's. It is so bad for me specifically. Yeah. Like, I I don't even know if he's gonna see Cadelia again. Like we I'm not sure at this point. What? Stop. I Stop. I need to be on a watch if you're picking yeah. a button button down. I know. The I next know. couple issues. Like I, I can't. I'm I'm too fucking invested in the comic series. 
a panel of Valance shooting Zuckus. No. Like, I am in your fuck? walls, Mark Ethan Guggenheim. Sucks. Mark Guggenheim and Ethan Sachs, I am in your walls. Ethan didn't do that. That was no, Mark. No, if he Ethan had does it later, but. No, he has to. They all collabed. Those bastards. I Ethan can't. did that, like, for me specifically, but, like, in a negative sense. Yeah. He did that because he knew it would make me cry. Yeah. Even though we know Zuckus survives. It took me mm-hmm. about five minutes to remember that, though. But yeah. It's, it's It's not good. And then the big spread at the, the big splash at the end yeah. with Tonga fighting Valance. That gave me anxiety. There was so much it's... going on there. There was Tonga fighting Valance. There was Kira Forlom. standing over the Emperor's dead body. Yes. Forlom ca- bridal carrying Zuckus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Domina and Afra kissing. Slay. I don't I even was... remember. I don't even remember what else. It, Revelations, in short, Revelations was a lot. It was a lot of what the fuck is happening and a lot of oh my fucking god. Yeah. Uh, it was... A lot of like actual yelling out loud yeah there were several gasps from my dorm room (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's just this next like era of star wars comics surrounding hidden empire is going to be very 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 rough I'm so scared. I tell you right now, it is. It has the possibility to be some of the best Star Wars stories that we've gotten, but it is going to be very, very, very bad. (laughs) The other day, I was looking at Hidden Empire Five. I have to. I can't remember what day it comes out. April nineteenth. Okay, so it comes out two weeks after celebration yes so my worst fear will not come true i will not be having a mental breakdown in the middle of the museum of the british museum okay excellent it comes out the next week so we're fine okay we're We're good um Mm -hmm. charles soul is safe for now for now for now ethan is not i'm telling you right now he's not i am in his walls (laughs) yeah Oh, it all in all, Revelations gets two thumbs up. Yes, it was very good. It was really good. A lot of emotional damage, though. Yeah. Uh, hyperspace stories. Hyperspace stories did, in fact, canonize Ray as a stuffed animal enjoyer. Yeah, she she's just like this podcast for real. Like, what else can I say? Yeah, (laughs) I love her. I did not read that comic though because revelations neither neither did i okay. i was I will, in, I will read it but yeah i was in severe emotional distress yeah like i don't i don't think i even understand how wrecked i was mm-hmm. no it was bad because like i i went to get secrets of the bounty hunters from the bookstore and then Shit, I, I gotta got go buy all, that yeah i got all of the comics of this week and I've read Secrets of the Bounty Hunters first, which was probably a good idea in hindsight because I wouldn't have been yeah. able to if I did Revelations first. 
But that set me off because of all the balance that we got in there. Not expecting that. And like at all descriptions that Hondo. Oh my god. I can't. He uses the present tense. Yes. Which is good. But my favorite was in Bosk's little description. There's a paragraph about how he can regrow limbs. And Hondo makes a comment like, oh, I bet some of his fellow bounty hunters wish they had that ability. And then in brackets, it says, I'm looking at you, Baylor Balance. Like that owl. So out of pocket. (laughs) Oh my God. Foul, vile, all of the above. But I think that book takes place like Mando era. So Balance is alive. Yeah. Balance is alive. When he talks about the War of the Bounty Hunters, he says like, oh, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So, and he talks So if it was taking place in like Resistance era, it would be like, he would say like 30 years ago. But yeah, Mando era seems very... Feasible. He also also in the part about Crimson Dawn, he says if Kira is still running it, I should watch my back. And I was like, oh my god, does that mean that she's alive? But it doesn't fully say it, so I can't cling to that for hope. But <laughs> it's fine. It gives me hope about balance, though. Yeah, that really helps me sleep at night. <laughs> I also keep thinking about how this is a literal children's book. And oh my god no i keep picturing like some kid getting this book for christmas because they like <laughs> maybe like star wars a little bit and then you know when you're a kid and you like latch on to weird niche things mm-hmm. what if a child's weird niche thing is valance what if they latch on to valance because of this silly little children's secrets of the bounty hunters book and like some six-year-old kid, kids glup shitto is Baylor Valance. <laughs> but they He's only just like know me for from real. this one book. He's just like me for real. Oh my god. I will be vindicated. Yeah. That's that's all I want from this book coming out. Yeah, is all the little kids to <laughs> to look yeah, for Valance I, like in Empire Strikes Back and they're like, what the fuck is yeah. he? I'm like this I just is, I this is how Balance Nation grows. We add an army of children to our oh ranks. <laughs> I need to see. I need to see like a little child dressed as Balance for Halloween. I think I'd cry. I would definitely cry. I, don't I remember like children, but I would cry. <laughs> I remember I got mushy at celebration when that one kid like showed me that picture when I was yeah. just as Balance of his dad dressed as Balance. If I saw little kids dressed as Balance, I would probably scream, cry, throw up, and break down. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> any other thoughts on the comics this week no excellent I don't have any other room <laughs> thoughts oh well in literacy updates i am still i just passed the halfway mark through convergence i'm thoroughly enjoying this book i i don't think i've eaten a book up this quickly in months um literacy has fully returned everybody round of applause for me (laughs) um i'm not sure what savi and emily are reading because unfortunately they had to go um be captured by bounty hunters yeah um i okay i don't have literacy right now because i'm still in school and i have to read a lot of 
bullshit. But I am done next month. Forever. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe my literacy will return next year. I'm really hoping so. Because I have a lot of Star Wars books on my bookshelf that just sit there that have never been read. So. Yeah. Yeah. Here's to mm-hmm. hoping, but... I believe in you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, with that, um, thank you all for listening to this episode, this kind of recap slash finale recap of Andor. Um, You can find Savi's podcast with her friend Linz, Stardust Records, on anywhere you find our podcast. We have the same podcatchers, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. All of Savi's links to her social medias will be in the description. Fuck. in the description as well as links to her podcast with Linz. Um, thank you all for listening and may the force be with you.